from Camel Prescott Road. This is Stalking Art, a series about pairing and conversing with art thinkers and makers on how they ponder. On this episode, we're happy to welcome again our gallery's director, Shireen Gandhi, as well as an artist on Camel's roster that has been called the most entertaining artist iconoclast of contemporary Indian art, Pushpamala N. I have this habit, I get very angry sometimes and I throw away things. Mm-hmm. So I kept looking at it and saying, what are these useless things? You know, no one's interested in them and all that. So I decided to sell them as Raddi. <laughs> Pushpa, only you would do this. <laughs> Work that goes to Johannesburg so those... <laughs> has a huge history of, of being shown in the first Johannesburg Biennale with Nilima Sheikh, Sheila Gowda, Nalini Malani, curated by Geeta Kapoor. Goes to Raddi. I know. Over to you, Shireen. Hi, Pushpa. Hi, Shireen. It is so great to be speaking to you on this podcast. First of all, I want to share some news with you, which I thought we'd do on the podcast, um, which is the wonderful news that your Phantom Lady 1 has been selected and has passed through the committee meeting of the major museum that it was um, sent for and the acquisition has gone through. Excellent. So let's take this as a celebration. So congratulations, Pushpa. Thanks. (laughs) That's a work from 1998. (laughs) Yeah, and one that I have so much history with myself. So we'll come to that. Um, Pushpa, um, I might revert to you as Pushpa Mala, Pushpa, P. Mala, or just P, as we affectionately call you. Yeah. Our podcasts have um, often had pairings that I have not moderated. Uh, but when I was thinking about this particular pairing that uh, Ashna was very keen to have with you, um, I felt that this one was something that I wanted to do because of many of the artists that I've worked with over the years. Somehow, I think my history with you goes back beyond um, me as a gallerist or me running the gallery. And it goes back to a certain kind of familial um, uh, relationship that you had with Beros and with Ashish and going and staying in their Southampton Row house and getting locked out. And I I mean, there's lots of stories of of, uh, friendship that that existed before the gallery. And uh, I sort of wanted to just recall, make it anecdotal, and, um, you know, just go back to our own sort of long, long history. And um, several years later, when, when I started running the gallery and uh, m- my mom would often refer to S.H. Raza for, for opinions of artists, you know, um, gallerists often rely on their artists. Uh, he once said that um, Pushpamala N, you must look at her work, fantastic artist from Baroda. And I think that was the first introduction uh, from um, to my parents and subsequently to me. And we saw your exhibition at, was it Gallery 7 that you first showed in Pushpa? Yeah, it was while I was doing my MA and uh, I had the show with uh, Atul Dodia and Vasu, uh, Vasu oh, right. oh, right. Oh, yeah, that's, that's also a, even a more interesting history. In that little shop space above Strand. Strand Bookstore. Strand Bookstore. PM Road. PM Road, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
So um, just to go back to those days when you emerged very distinctly as a sculptor uh, and making a mark as one, can you talk a little bit about how you came to that medium before we go to the other yeah. you know, ways of working? Yeah, you know, I was interested in alternative materials uh, from very young, since I think my early days as, a, as an artist, when I joined Baroda as an art student. And uh, I think sometime during that time, there's this Australian sculptor called John Davis who came to Baroda and uh, gave a talk and he said, uh, you know, why should India is a poor country and uh, why don't Indian artists work with uh, poor materials or, uh, you know, ordinary materials? And he talked about clay and uh, straw and so on. So I was very impressed with that. And so I always had this idea of working with uh, uh, poor materials or cheap materials or ordinary materials. And I think very early on, much before that, I had done some small works as a young art student in uh, papier-mâché and terracotta. And of course, uh, around the time, uh, K.D. Subramaniam uh, was there. And I uh, saw his terracotta plaques. And uh, I think only in reproduction, I don't think I, uh, he exhibited them. They had done them sometime earlier. Those Bangladesh uh, uh, works, you know, reliefs. Yeah. And I just loved them. Yeah. And I think I'd even done some small reliefs when I was a, a BA student. So, and of course, like, uh, I was uh, a feminist when I came to Baroda. I mean, I think I was became a feminist in my teens in Bangalore when I was doing my BA in Bangalore University. So uh, I joined Baroda for another BA after that. So my work from the very beginning uh, was actually questioning the kind of mainstream and working in, uh, say, alternate uh, forms. And uh, what happened when I came to the, uh, started doing my MA was... Uh, Suddenly, we had this freedom, you know, to do uh, whatever we... It was called creative sculpture, by the way, the course. So we could do whatever we wanted. So uh -huh. I just lost my mother then. So yeah. I thought of doing a series of works in which um, there is this young girl who grows up to be a woman. And of course, that was also very personal. That's about myself. Uh, but uh, so I started doing these... Uh, and I decided to work in uh, terracotta. I thought I'll stick to one medium mm. because I think as a young artist, one is very confused because uh, every 15 days you are sent to a different, uh, you do a different um, subject, you know, suddenly you go, you're doing life study for 15 days. In 15 days, you do metal, um, mm. uh, you know, casting or something. Another 15 days, you go to ceramics department. So you don't know what to do. You know, your ideas are not really, don't really mm. develop. Uh, so I just decided mm. to um, cut down, you know, uh, and uh, limit myself to one material, one subject and yeah. uh, push yeah. that, you know, push that. So over two years, I did yeah. the series of works, which in fact, almost defines me for many people because that's be that became so popular uh, later, you know, and that's the work I think Raza saw. Probably um, yeah. when I won the national award, maybe he was on the jury or on the, the Triennale award which actually I, both of them right. I won for this work, uh, which I did as an MA okay. student. So maybe it was on the yeah. jury of the uh, Trinale Award. I'm not sure. So because a lot of people, even Souza liked that work a lot. And he even wrote about it, yeah. about young artists doing that. How interesting. But, uh, to wow. talk about Raza, he, he was very, very fond of me in those years. And I remember him inviting uh -huh. me out for dinner, you know, when I, uh, when he came to Bombay, myself and Akhilesh, I think, uh -huh. and... Uh, even gave me his book and all that. I think his book was published then. But later on, when I started yeah. working with uh, photography, I think they all felt, you know, betrayed. <laughs> and uh, he, he didn't Actually, like me at all. 
<laughs> Actually, uh, uh, interestingly, Pushpa, uh, I, I mean, we don't want to talk about Raza here, but he kind of dropped me as a gallerist uh, because of you, interestingly, you know, because he's yeah. like, all these feminist artists doing these alternative things, I don't fit in there. Anyway, that's, that's, uh, that's a bit of our uh, shared history. Um, yeah, anyway, these wonderful sculptures, uh, I remember showing... Uh, in uh, our little Kemol space with Alex Matthew. And I don't know if you remember, but it was a very rainy sort of season. Um, and uh, and we had a super successful showing of uh, the two of you together. Mm. And uh, lots of, rev- I just remember yeah. there was massive amount of reviews, probably yeah. because nothing else happened at that yeah. time. No, so, just, just to um, make a correction, I, actually, to some years later, when uh, this was work I'd done in Mysore, and that's how Alex came huh. into the picture as well, because he was also living in Mysore and uh, the works he did were also done in Mysore. So uh, both of us had uh, a show in right. uh, Bangalore, Delhi and Bombay in Kemold. Yeah. That uh, was not a small show, actually. And it was not only part of your gallery, uh, part of the mm-hmm. small gallery, uh, which was upstairs, uh, because you'd also hired the Jahangir Art Gallery below. You'd somehow convinced Mrs. Menon to uh, give oh, you yeah, space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so partly it was there. Yeah. And uh, then later on, it moved upstairs where Alex's works were upstairs. And I think uh, you also hired the yeah. uh, uh, what artist, artist space. What is it called? The, uh, next door. Artist center. Uh, artist center. Space. Artist center. Yeah. Artist yeah. center next door yeah. where my terracottas yeah. were actually. Uh-huh. Uh, so there was a, like a solo show of my terracottas in... Uh, that was the second week, second two weeks in Artist Center and Alex's okay. uh, wooden sculptures uh, were uh, upstairs in Kemold. And uh, all these sculptures were ma- yeah. Yeah, made in uh, Mysore. This was around, I think... Early 90s. Yeah, 91, 90 or 91. Yeah. And uh, another funny story yeah. is that, you know, uh, uh, we had this friend called Vishnu Mathur, who was a filmmaker, and he was working for the Children's Film yeah. Society at that time. So, you know, that show yeah. and my work was so popular that he told uh, Jaya Bachchan, who was the chairman of the film society, uh, Children's <laughs> Film Society at that time, and he yeah. got her along for the show. So she came for the show yeah. and she told me, oh, this I yeah. like this work so much. Uh, I wish we could. And I, and I was saying that, you know, it's very difficult to work in Bombay. So I've gone to I've been living in Mysore and working there. Huh. So she said, oh, I wish I could give you a space, a studio to work. But we uh, in our house, you know, but we have such a small house. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so, so I asked uh, Vishnu, you know, I said, she's so funny. Why does she say she has such a small house, but she's so interesting that she offered me the space. So he said, yeah, "Yeah, actually, it's true that they don't have a very big house. And when Ajita Bachchan and his family comes to visit, they all sleep in a row in the living room on the floor, you know. (laughs) Okay. But um, you could have become Amitabh Bachchan's um, private, uh, you know, portrait sculptor. Imagine. I missed missed the chance. made your bucks there. (laughs) 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 Anyway... um, I don't know whether it was shortly after, but you can remind me, but uh, you got a scholarship to go to London, to Central St. Martins. Yeah. Can you speak about that? Because uh, it, you came back with a very different language after that. Yeah, I think what happened was that uh, I got a lot of attention for that uh, terracotta work, which I'd done in my MA, for which I got the National Award and the uh, Triennale Award. And especially for the Triennale Award, I think when Arpana Kaur and I, we were the youngest and artists and women to get it, we were heavily attacked, very nastily attacked. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what uh, the Me Too 
uh, uh, you know, movement would do now that that kind of absolutely misogynistic attack that we oh, had. Really? So I was, uh, I, it was a very traumatic time for me, and I found it very difficult to uh, keep working. And uh, then I was sort of, then uh, they wanted to, uh, you know, compartmentalize me as a terracotta artist, mm-hmm. which I don't know what it means. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought of myself as a sculptor who was free to do anything. Yeah. And uh, so uh, I think I was ready to actually for something else to uh, push my work uh, into other uh, ways of making uh, as well and other kinds of language. And I think I was also interested in uh, moving away from the figurative into a more conceptual uh, language. Mm. And uh, at that time, I got this, um, uh, the Charles Wallace grant to go to England and I landed up in uh, Central St. Martins. And uh, they, there I became good friends with this Spanish guy and uh, this uh, German uh, artist uh, called Silke. Mm-hmm. And uh, Silke at that time was working in papier-mâché, mm-hmm. where she was doing these uh, casts of architectural details and, uh, uh, you know, objects. And I found that uh, very interesting because, again, I told you of my, of my very early interest in poor materials mm-hmm. and having worked in uh, papier-mâché, you know. Yeah years ago, yeah. like when I was a young art student. So I also started using that uh, technique of uh, very differently from hers in a way and casting objects. Yeah. And uh, what happened at that time was uh, uh, this whole Ayodhya Babri Masjid demolition happened then, mm-hmm. you know, about midway through a few months after I'd been there. And I remember I was extremely upset and I was used to call, uh, we used to, Ashish and I used to talk on the phone. Ashish was in uh, Bombay, my former husband. And uh, he was like telling me what was going on. And then the Bombay riots mm-hmm. happened. Uh, so uh, I think I was sort of taking in all this many miles away in a foreign country. And I did I did this whole series of works, which were uh, archaeological objects. You know, I call them excavations. Correct. And uh, which were like the uh, like contemporary like ruins, you know, yeah. which looked like uh, which were made of this very fragile material and some also found materials yeah. I used, yeah. uh, which was also nice as a student. Of course, I had very little money, so I used to pick up things. All this paper I picked up from the the uh, stationery shop was next to our studio, you know, so they used to keep throwing out all this wrapping paper and all that, which I'd pick up and use. And uh, there were these objects like trunks and all that lying around and I'd cast them. And... Uh, then there were these old tiles lying around, which I also used and so on. And when I came back to uh, Bombay as well, I, I continued with that. And that was this whole series called Excavations, which uh, yeah. I had uh, shown uh, Kemol. Yeah. And there's another aftermath to that. Yeah. You know, so some of those works were shown in Johannesburg. Yeah. Gita actually selected them for the yeah. Gita uh, show in Johannesburg Biennale, yeah. Gita Kapoor. Yeah. Um, so that whole set of work, uh, more or less, uh, whatever I could get back and do over here was actually shown in, uh, in uh, uh, Johannesburg. Yeah. But after that, you know, I'd, I could fold up those works and I kept it with me. And then I moved to Bangalore in 96 after I built my studio. So it was lying here, you know, and then uh, I have this habit. I get very angry sometimes and I throw away things. Mm-hmm. So I kept looking at it and saying, what are these useless things? You know, <laughs> no one's interested in them and all that. So I decided to sell them as Raddi. <laughs> So Ashish and uh, I think we had a car then. So we took this, uh, all this stuff and uh, just, uh, we lived in the boondocks. Yeah. We moved to the boondocks in Bangalore, this Raja Rajeshwari Nagar. Yeah. So uh, it was like this little uh, kind of suburb and 
just on the road yeah. there was this guy radhi guy who had this one of the you know these huge uh, sort of weighing uh, yeah, things yeah, machines yeah. so i took it over there and he bought it and he gave me 60 rupees <laughs> so i should have if I, i should have recorded it you know photographed it or something so that was the only you would do this <laughs> work that goes to johannesburg so those... has a huge history of, of being shown in the first johannesburg biennale with nilima sheik sheila gowda nalini malani curated by geeta kapoor goes to raddi i know Oh. Yeah, well, that's also a part of the work. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but it has remained because suddenly after some, uh, luckily I had documented it and uh, uh, so suddenly like I think it's on web- some website which is uh, some kind of, I mean, it's about uh, works on uh, disastrous phases of history or something like that. And this was actually about this whole Babri Masjid and Bombay riots right. period. So I think those works are on that website. Yeah. Though I sort of recreated that uh, labyrinth, uh-huh. uh, which is now in uh, Adupam Poda's collection. I think Devan had organized a show for Sahmat, you know, years later, uh-huh. and he said he wanted to show that work. So I uh, uh, recreated it. Yeah. So um, now to sort of slip into what uh, you know, the Pushpa Mala that everybody knows, uh, the uh, performance. <laughs> um photo yeah. performance artist uh, it would be sort of interesting to see how that transition happened uh you know you were married to um eminent film theorist who was making his own mark and i'm sure that film has been uh extremely influential to what your your practice is now so can you speak a little bit about that whole transition into where you've come yeah. uh, as a, as an artist yeah lots of people have asked me that question when how did you suddenly switch to uh, photography uh, it was quite it was sort of a, you know happenstance because uh, you know arshia lokhandwala had this uh, gallery and then she wanted to um, do the show on some it was some anniversary of cinema mm-hmm. you know and so 100 years of cinema wanted the, yeah. was it 100 mm-hmm. years okay so uh, uh she asked uh, different artists in bombay to contribute one work on cinema it was around i think 95 or so or 96 and uh, so uh, basically what had happened was at start the work i did in england this whole excavation show was very minimalist and conceptual and i think i i again felt dissatisfied because i felt i was there were some things in there missing which is very much a part of me like you know the humor and the kind of uh, mm-hmm. uh, also the storytelling mm-hmm. and uh, uh, but i didn't plan anything uh, so when uh, what had happened when i was away in england is that there was a big uh, retrospective of fearless nadia's works mm. by uh, her uh, uh, you know nephews yeah. and uh, i'd missed that but uh, ashish had this catalog there was a small brochure and i sort of had never seen her films but i was always very interested in this fearless nadia, nadia character you yeah. know and uh, uh, so i decided to recreate one scene uh, strange to actually say recreate so i got that costume made and all that and uh, uh, wanted a photographer and at that time uh, you know meenal uh, agarwal who shot it was uh, yeah. uh, i knew her as uh, rajat kapoor's girlfriend and later they got married and all that so i told her she just started freelancing she was very young she was 26 and she started uh, she was a photojournalist and she, uh, she just started freelancing so i said look i can't pay you and all that will you just have fun and all that will you uh, shoot this thing and that's when uh, i fixed up with you and we went off to uh, kk manzil and shot that first uh, 
those first few roles of film and of course some shots in Shahrukh Khan I didn't know it was called Villa Vienna yeah. Sha- Manat yeah. which is not yet Manat yeah. so that's a very interesting story when i talk about it which everyone loves that you know i shot in Shahrukh Khan's house so uh, yeah so the thing about this int- this whole thing of this filmy influence or like interest in my work is uh, uh, I was influenced, I mean, I'm interested in all popular culture and uh, definitely film as well, not only popular, but generally film as such. But um, uh, when I was married, particularly when I was married to Ashish, we were part of this whole cinephilic crowd and cinema crowd. Yeah. So there was Kumar and Mani and uh, there were the two major intellectuals in Bombay, extremely influential. And around them were these, uh, uh, you know, crowds of uh, uh, FTI graduates of which Rajat and many others, you know, who are all like, they were all assistant directors or technicians on their films. So all this was going on. And uh, I also uh, acted a small part in Kumar's Khayal Gata, uh, you know, uh, earlier, I think that was in 88. Uh, So I I was surrounded by this kind of cinephilia, which is also very irritating because, you know, these film people are very contemptuous of any other kind of Mm. art form. And they say cinema is the ultimate art form because it combines all the arts and so on. Uh, uh, it was also kind of oppressive, but also Ashish at that time, uh, I mean, almost throughout the time of our marriage, for about eight years, he was working on the on his magnum opus at the uh, time, the Encyclopedia, Encyclopedia of yeah. in Cinema. Yeah. Uh, so that was crazy because, uh, of course, at part of the time I was in uh, Mysore. So I was coming back and forth and then finally he also used to come to Mysore and all that. But every day there were like four films being seen, you know, and I also worked on it because he wanted somebody to translate these Kannada films. So we used to uh, watch these Kannada films and I used to tell him like translate uh, for him and also some uh, Kannada books that he had on these filmmakers. So I would read them and sort of give him a kind of uh, brief and all that. So I was doing a bit of research and uh, ah, something very funny was he came to when I was in St. Martin's, he came for a few months uh, to work on the encyclopedia to England. And uh, he uh, uh, wanted to watch Malayalam films over there in London uh, because apparently like these, uh, uh, he had these contributors all over the country because yeah. this was the first Indian film, book on Indian yeah. film, I think, which was dealing with all the film industries, not only the Hindi film industry, yeah. you know, not one film industry. Yeah. So uh, apparently these Malayalis, you know, they were two intellectuals to, uh, intellectual to write about popular Mohanlal and Mamuti, uh-huh. uh, who are like representing the popular uh, Malayalam films, you know. Yeah. Uh, so uh, they would only write on uh, Arvindan and all that, you know, the, the yeah. art filmmakers. So he found some, uh, in London, he found some video store, uh, library, and he b- borrowed like some scores of these uh, Mamuti and uh, <laughs> Mohanlal films. And of course, he didn't know a word of, neither of us knew Malayalam. Uh, uh, Malayalam but, uh, you know, uh, I have a lot of Malu friends. Uh, you know, in, in college and I could sort of, I'm very good at plot. So I can understand what's going on, even though I can't understand Language, any word. Yeah. So we sat for several days and from morning till night, we looked through these Mallu films. So it was like this kind of uh, intense sort of, uh, whether I liked it or not, yeah. uh, you know, being surrounded by this, uh, uh, what I would call uh, cinephilia, yeah. you know, and then also not only cinephilia, but uh, uh, scholarship, yeah. Uh, uh, film scholarship uh, of the highest kind. Yeah. So, like in London uh, now today, I, so like yeah. in London, Willemann. So in London, there was Barrows, yeah. Paul Willemann, yeah. and uh, Barrows also. Is, yeah. yeah. So, uh, not that I met uh, Paul Willemann there, but of course he's come here and stayed with us and so on. 
so uh, yeah so that was at the bottom but my uh, phantom lady was also very pop you know so it's very sort of uh, rebellious to this art cinema thing you know yeah. i mean i was not doing uh, uh, kumar and mani you know i was doing this uh, so i don't uh, everyone was very disapproving actually even ashish mm. though he helped me in, in some ways with the thing uh though i kept it very secret what i was doing uh-huh. but i remember like uh, what happened was after we shot the first few roles uh, i was moving to bangalore we were moving to bangalore because i'd built my studio over there over here and uh, soon after that i broke my leg so I was sort of grounded but what ashish was doing was like i was discussing with him and uh, they were wondering what style to do it in and uh, so i said i decided on film noir uh, so he got, he got me in fact uh, some of uh, two three of uh, uh um nadia's films to see which i'd never seen yeah. and he also like uh, from the uh, video library he got me uh, some of these uh, you know hitchcock and other noir uh, films yeah. uh, to see you know to uh, uh, actually to study so uh, yeah so i did a lot of research and all that and worked out this whole decided to develop it into a story and then it became a show and then it became the beginning of uh, uh, my interest in actually which i continued of uh, this photo romance and uh, working with conceptual uh, photography yeah and uh, you know while um, uh, phantom lady was being shot at keki manzil of course i was an intrinsic part of it uh, actor as well <laughs> where you uh, took great pleasure in tying me up <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, everyone loves it i tell them that shireen you know over there <laughs> tied up and then uh, one day yeah. suddenly uh, atul and meli go by and and bernard and hasli all make it to to being stars in uh, phantom lady and uh, i'm i'm, I'm yeah. so um, delighted because uh, now phantom lady is finally finding its place on that very staircase that you shot um, at keki oh, manzil so it's going to sort of be housed yeah. there apart from all the other museums that has been uh, you know it's uh, that phantom lady is now housed in so um yeah. so process pushpa is uh, you know i just talked mm-hmm. a little bit about uh, you know going into researching the way you did <clears throat> uh, for phantom but process has been a very very big part of uh, of your sort of working you know your work mode and you take very long before uh, work get is completely developed so um mm-hmm. i mean i know native types uh, which is like you know now again the seminal work uh i i know how long that took in the making so can you talk a little oh, bit yes, about yeah, yeah process of yeah. Uh, that and you know how you sort of yeah there's a process and there's research see when uh, some people are very funny when i say i'm having a shoot they think that shoot gets over in half an hour yeah. you know it's a long, shoot itself will be the full day sometimes going late into the night or few days several days but the shooting part is the least uh, part of the work in a sense because what goes before and after takes a very long time uh, so this research is also ongoing because i have certain interests and i i keep reading and collecting material like i have these uh, before i got this computer and learned how to use it and put things in folders i actually have these sweet boxes which i collect and there are these things that i collect in them you know little uh, kind of uh, postcards or like images which i cut out and articles and all that and i keep them in there as reference uh, material and i also buy from flea markets and things like that and of course now uh, the world wide web is there so i i research a lot plus reading and i also have uh, uh, it's also from friends you know like conversations with friends very interested in uh, social sciences film studies and women studies and so on so 
all those conversations are also influential so it's an ongoing thing but i also do once i decide on something i also uh, research specifically for that and uh, a lot of my work is uh, actually recreations or uh, you know references to certain kinds of images and that's how i also uh, layer them so that they uh, get a deeper meaning and when people look at them there's simultaneously different things happening you know so for example we talked about phantom lady so the nadia kind of character is a very action film character mm. and if you see uh, it's not nadia character it is a very popular character in the 1930s in india it's based on uh, uh, zorro it's a zorro like right. figure you know yeah. and uh, the uh, character of zorro himself is very interesting because zorro was a mexican and it was this kind of outsider figure yeah. who comes and saves the people you know yeah. and uh, this was also very popular in india during the uh, uh, british days nadia's heydays but it was not only nadia who played that role yeah. several actresses played that role yeah. she was the most popular but also people like mgr in the south yeah like uh, mgr also like played that kind of, in fact i've seen a film where he's a masked hero and then he lives in the caves you know it's like a combination of phantom and uh, and zorro so this phantom the zorro all these characters they came about at a time when they're like sort of outsider heroes yeah. and uh, that is very interesting you know so on the one hand uh, uh, there is this action kind of heroine and it's very comic actually very funny mm-hmm. and the original uh, uh, nadia films are actually very cheaply made sort of action films with cardboard sets and all that you know and very hilarious actually but i decided not to follow that style and i decided to use a more psychological sort of a film noir style yeah uh, which uh, which is more mysterious and which is more makes the characters more vulnerable it has a, uh, it is a emotional content and so on and so the story itself and i made a kind of sequel as well there's no happy ending it's not that this action character defeats the villains and wins in fact it's a sad ending you know so sometimes i change the endings and uh, usually i try to make it sometimes upbeat and sometimes uh, pushpa i i find your endings actually completely like you know reverse of of happy endings and it's usually the bad yeah. the bad girl wins or the bad boy wins you know so i mean that's also you no it's one doesn't know yeah but that's What's also one you one doesn't know yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so it does <laughs> i mean no could... but Uh, in your in your world how could the good person ever survive you know you're such an <laughs> evil demon <laughs> <laughs> well it makes it more complex as well yeah. because uh, uh, that uh, that heroine is not invulnerable you know there's a vulnerability and that's where people identify yeah. you know a lot of people identify with the characters in my work yeah. uh, and sometimes it's a very interesting thing because they they don't know what is real and uh what is uh, uh fictional correct and it comes again and again yeah. you know and uh, yeah. there are very interesting stories of audience reactions to the work actually yeah i must tell you this because uh when i had the first show in kemol the solo show of phantom lady i had uh, shown the notes as well as uh, the clothes and all that and objects yeah. and uh, for the opening there's one lady an elderly lady in a frock and all that who was staring at these pictures and these objects you know very intensely so nobody knew who she was usually in an opening you know every, everybody you know yeah. and uh, suddenly she was wondering who is this lady and all that she was there for like 2 hours or something and said uh, then suddenly she came up to me and said uh, you know there's this uh, glamorous uh, evening gown uh, it was like off the shoulder and which the vamp wears and she said 
I want that. I want to buy that dress. So I said, ma'am, I'm sorry. And all it's part of this thing and I'm not selling it. So she was very disappointed. And then she must have been in her 70s. And then she says, uh, she, she saw these golden slippers there, you know, shoes. Yeah. And she said, very cheap things, which I'd bought somewhere in Bombay, with temporary shoes. And she said, I want to buy those. So she completely identified herself with this band. She wanted to be that band. And she wanted to have something, you know, of that vamps, of that vamps with her. That's a a really funny. I don't remember this, but it's an absolutely fantastic story in terms of how, uh, you know, one reaches audiences in in the strangest ways. Um, So, Pushma, it's gone on quite long, but... um, you know, um, the work is seemingly not uh, political, but uh, I know how deeply political it actually is. And I know how, uh, you know, you are a deeply uh, political person who is affected by um, what is happening in our country. And uh, so uh, I want to speak a little bit about that. And I also want to speak about uh, your very, very dear friend. And I don't want to forget that. And I, and I think every... 5th of September is Gauri Lankesh Day. Uh, Gauri Lankesh was uh, your very, very dear friend. So uh, just speaking about uh, what this time means to you now, how how politics sort of enters your work and also how that affected you and how this time affects you and how you're bringing that into your work. I'm bringing it very, very directly into my work now, actually. I won't uh, reveal because they're all in progress, but I'm making these, uh, working on these long, sort of large, sort of uh, bodies of work, which uh, are very, very contemporary and uh, deal with that. But specifically about Gauri Lankesh, in fact, uh, I wrote a very um, piece on her, which has been uh, published. I've also done a performance on uh, Gauri. Okay. Uh, It's a cooking performance. So I was invited for the, uh, soon after her death in 2017, I was invited to uh, do something on her uh, for, to the, at the Hyderabad Literary Festival. Right. Uh, so I had this, I, I hardly do live performance. I'm very uneasy with it. But I uh, decided to uh, do this, uh, uh, actually cook one of her dishes, which she'd given me. She was a good cook, you know, and she'd given me uh, several dishes, which I still make. And this was called Arjent Saru. So it's a kind of uh, tomato curry, which when you get unexpected guests, you you can quickly make it. So it's called Arjent. Uh-huh. And I love that, yeah. you know, <laughs> that, that yeah, hybrid sort of name. Yeah. And uh, so I, it's part of my ongoing Mother India series, which actually very directly uh, investigates the idea of the nation and what's happening today. Yeah. And uh, so I dressed up as Mother India and I cooked in front of an audience yeah. and uh, then distributed, it was distributed. Yeah. Uh, with a little bit of rice, like like uh, uh, you know, like the prasad or like the Christian mass, you know, yeah. when you Eucharist, yeah. when you actually give yeah. the. Yeah. It's like, it was like the it's a, it's a red curry, so it was like the uh, flesh and blood of yeah. right. Christ, you know. Yeah. Uh, so that I actually did again in Bangalore. So I want to keep doing it, you know. Mm-hmm. So each time it's kind of different because the first time I did it, it was very plain, and the second time, in fact, it was done on Zoom because it was done. Uh, it was part of a kind of cookery series by this. A publisher called Reliable Copy in Bangalore. Mm. And uh, so I made a kind of set and had a blackboard and all that. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think uh, my work is very much, very, very political. And uh, I think you mentioned Native women. 
and um, that's also when it very directly comes into play that's why it's uh, i think so popular in a sense that it hits across something that's very much uh, discussed today and um, that's so these whole problems of race and caste and uh, majority and minority and mainstream and uh, uh, you know the uh, outsider and the marginal yeah, and, and uh, also very so, much the feminine gaze and the feminine gaze definitely yeah. through the feminine yeah. gaze yeah. and through the female body as yeah. well yeah so yeah um, pushpa wonderful i don't know whether we're going to include this but uh, i want i love that story where uh, you had a very close connection with the family but especially keko and koshit and i remember at one point you had a, a new boyfriend and they wanted to check him out like uh, you know like they were checking some new son in law and they called you were under deep investigation <laughs> and uh, and then uh, much later we were having your show i remember my father passed away in the course of your exhibition but when you came to bombay the first thing you did was come to keki manzil to meet them yes. and uh, so can you just recall that story because I, i i actually love hearing it oh that is oh my god it was so <laughs> traumatic because i i went over there and i saw khurshid the uh, sitting you know in the you know whatever chair in the living room and all that so i went up to her and i started chatting with her and i said uh, she was uh, smiling at me in this very benign way but with this very blank look you know so i kept blabbering and saying oh khurshid how are you and it's so long since i've come and blah blah and uh, then i kept talking and then finally she says so oh, it's so funny you look you know so much about our family who are you <laughs> so she didn't she hadn't recognized me at all i was sitting her with her for half an hour <laughs> I think I even had lunch with them, and they were very, very <laughs> hospitable and nice. But they didn't know who the hell I was, you know. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I do remember it was um, your birthday on the ninth of <clears throat> November, and uh, my dad passed away on the tenth. Oh, oh my God! And uh, yeah, it was in the course of the thing. So once again, it's a kind of circle. Uh, and uh, thanks so much, Pushpa. It's been quite. lovely to reconnect and bring these stories back and uh, see you soon bye okay thank you yeah. bye yeah yeah bye